Well, I don't know how you are about shoes. And uh, Dave, I'm going to go like this when I want you to advance the slides. We, uh, uh, this is a season that keeps on giving, but it's taking as well. So uh, our, our clicker has disappeared somewhere. Well, $5 to anybody who finds it. It's a silver thing, and, and Merry Christmas to everybody. So the old-fashioned way. So how many of you ever read this book as a kid? You neither, huh? <laughs> I've never seen it in my life, but I, I, I had to have a graphic for my first point or my illustration. And uh, I just want to know, did anybody ever read this? Uh, I feel far, uh, sorry for Betsy. She didn't make a whole lot of money, apparently, on this, on this uh, New York Times children's book best, bestseller. But how many of you go through that, and maybe you did it this morning, which shoe should I wear today at church? I'm not a shoe guy. Uh, I, I have a couple people in my household that are shoe people. I'm not going to say who they are, but Dylan has a, a huge affinity that he has built up recently about shoes. I don't understand. I don't get, I don't get where that came from. Uh, I got my, my uh, until recently, my last pair of shoes I got when I moved here. Right before I moved here, I got a suit and this pair of shoes, probably not my last pair of shoes, but my dress shoes, right? And uh, how many of you remember it, it actually rained in October? And so... Uh, uh, there's a funny thing about our parking lot. There's a little dip, the only dip in the entire parking lot, and it's right next to my car. <laughs> so every time, and I even try to park so I don't have, there's no getting out of it. And so I got out of my car, and I stepped in the puddle, and these shoes, I've had holes in the bottom of these shoes for probably a year and a half, and all last season, I avoided that puddle. I'm like, I could do it. And I stepped right in it, man. So I'm preaching to you with wet feet, and I'm like, yes, this is great. My shoe of choice is a sandal. Anybody? Yes. It's a rip curl sandal. That was, that's what I would wear. It was good enough for Jesus. Maybe not rip curl. You know, it was probably Abu Shanab sandals, right? Um, but uh, uh, shoes, what an interesting concept. And so we, Pastor Appreciation Month, uh, just very excited. And I got some new shoes. So thank you so much. And uh, they're very comfortable and there's no holes. And so show me a puddle. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. But shoes, why shoes? Pastor, that was incredible. You got me so motivated about shoes. I'm sure that's not what we're talking about. You're all wearing them. You all had to make a choice today what to wear. It was interesting at the end of Zechariah's song, he says about his own son, John, that He will give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. You know, you don't go anywhere your feet don't go. Did you know that? <laughs> you could quote me on that. You don't go anywhere that your feet don't go. So I want you to think about that every day you put on your shoes. There's the illustration. Because sometimes we show up and we hear some inspiration. Or sometimes in the morning in our devotions, we get some inspiration. But too quickly, that valve turns off because we've moved to the next thing. Right? But your shoes, they're with you all day. Hopefully. So when you put your shoes on, it's, it's interesting how Scripture talks about this. In, in Ephesians Paul talks about what? All this spiritual warfare, put on the helmet of salvation, the sword of truth. And isn't it interesting, he talks about sandals. 
And, and, and how sandals help you prepare to what? To take the gospel where it needs to go. Dress yourself accordingly so you're effective. John spoke of Jesus and he said what? I'm not even worthy to tie your sandals. Shoes are something that are very relative to us every day. And so, that's why. The right shoes matter. The right shoes matter. So, when we're living in a society that doesn't offer a whole lot of hope, or a limitation in hope, can I encourage you, put on the shoes of hope. Every time you put on your shoes this week, I want you to think of the hope that Christ has brought to you. You got it? Every time you put on your shoes this week, I want you to think about the hope that Christ brought to you. So let's break this down. We're going to use this alliteration. Hope, how, opportunity, purpose, and exalt. And so let's start with this concept, this thought. It's out of Hebrews 11.1. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Listen to this concept. At the crossroads of faith and hope, a person experiences the power to live beyond their circumstances and the troubles of this world. As you're walking throughout your day, you're going to hit many crossroads, many circumstances, many decisions. How does faith or how does hope help navigate that path for you. This morning, I hope that the message of the Christ child and what He brings and what He offers and the grace that He gives to us helps us walk in hope today and reminds us every time we put on those shoes this week, we have hope. We have hope. So let's start with the first one. And it's this idea of how. It's the idea of how, and, and, and really I'm taking, I'm borrowing a little bit from a previous Advent series where I contrasted Zechariah's song with Mary's song. We're not going to read through those this morning. Um, you can do that on your own this week before you go into life group. But two unique people. Mary, a young teenage girl who was visited by God. Visited by an angel for a very consecrated role in his grand scheme and his grand plan. Same thing for Zechariah. Zechariah was a priest and a cousin of Mary's by marriage. And Zechariah was doing his service in the temple and he was visited by an angel as well. Both were visited by angels and both received great messages. But there was a little bit of a contrast to how they both responded. So this morning, we're going to look at this This relationship between these two cousins, the visitation of God to do something very different, to introduce massive change into their lives, and the hope that it provided for them. So, as we look at this idea of of hope, and we start with H, we start with how. How. Hope must be preceded by a sense of lacking in order to exist. So, in your notes, you have something down here that says you. And you have a fill in the blank. You know, I don't have anything to tell you there. This is very interactive. 
So what I want you to do is, while I'm making the point about Zechariah, and while I'm making the point about Mary, under this idea of limitation, that you cannot have hope unless you have limitation, I want you to think about that in your own life. And I want you to write something in both of those slots pertaining to you. The first slot is, what are you lacking in? What is it that you're lacking in right now? And then secondly, it causes you to hope for what? Write that down. Write that down. And as you're thinking through those things, let me share with you a little bit about what we're, what we're seeing, what we're observing from these two lives. Zechariah and his wife Elizabeth, they could not have a child. And for someone so prominent as the high priest or a priest, that was a heavy burden. That was a heavy burden on the wife. And they prayed and prayed and prayed that they would have a child. And it just didn't happen. And they were elderly in their years. They had given up hope. They had what? They had limitation. They were lacking in the joy of having what they had desired for so long. But this was impossible for them. Until they were visited by God. You hear that, right? Until they were visited. Until Zechariah was visited by God. He's in preparing the sacrifice. He's in going through his, his liturgy, so to speak. And an angel shows up and makes a proclamation to him that he would have a child. And Zechariah doubted because all he could see was his limitation. Hope had gone. Hope was gone. And because of that, some of you know the story, right? Zechariah, who part of his process, part of his work, he had to what? He had to speak. He came out. And it was obvious to those that were there that something had happened, something unique had happened, and that there was a visitation by the Lord. Zechariah could not speak. His tongue was loosened just at the birth of John. And he gave praise. He gave praise. Zechariah was lacking in the ability to physically have children and his hope was gone. Mary was lacking in the provision of a husband. That's a little bit of a problem back in the day. Here's a young teenage girl and many of you know the story that Joseph planned to privately or quietly put her away. Where's your hope as a young teenage girl when you've lived righteously? You're even recognized by God as that set apart from all women. And you've lived righteously, and yet you will suddenly be with child (laughs) with no explanation. Where's the hope? Where is the hope? Mary had many challenges that she was going to face. And yet when you read her song, listen very carefully. I'm going to take just a moment to show this. I'm in Luke uh, chapter 1, verse 46. And Mary said, and this is just just right after the, the visitation from the angel. 
And Mary says what? My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For He has looked on the humble estate of His servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. Does that sound like a person who's focusing on their limitations? Oh, the wisdom of this beautiful young woman. You see, when we put on the shoes of hope, it changes our entire outlook. Does it not? She knew that if the angel of the Lord visited her and proclaimed this, that God had the power to do anything. Do we live that way? Do we suddenly wonder why our electric bill is double what it used to be? And we obsess over it for the rest of the week. Hope is incredibly powerful. Hope must be preceded by a sense of lacking in order to exist. How do you have hope? Isn't it fascinating that in order to have hope, you have to have a sense of lacking? You have to have limitation in order to have hope. We read it out of Romans 8. You'll see it again in just a moment. As a matter of fact, let's go ahead and... and, uh, and bring that up. Romans 8, 24-25. For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. That's the crazy thing about hope and faith, right? We talk about that hope and faith and the crossroads that are required. Oh, but wouldn't you want to be Mary? Wouldn't you want to receive the blessing beyond your limitation that Zechariah and Elizabeth received? And as I look out on some of you, I know your prayers. Not because I have this innate ability. You're all getting nervous there for a second. Wait, what? A... No, because I've seen them. You write them down. You ask me to pray for them. And I know that those prayers have been answered. And I know that you were completely limited in making those prayers happen. Amen? And as a result of seeing God do that work, you have hope. That hope is directly related to your limitation, isn't it? It's directly related to the limitations that we have. You cannot have hope without limitations. So second, let's go to opportunity. Now, hopefully you've all written something down, right? That you are lacking in this and it's causing you to hope for that. Well, here's the biggest challenge that that happens when you put on the shoes of hope. It's going to lead you to opportunity. It's going to lead you to opportunity. Opportunity, in a moment, circumstances can change. Have any of us ever experienced that? And when we experience that, we look back and we can trace God's fingerprints in that. And by by that, it deepens our faith. Do you see how that works? So next time we face a limitation, where do we go? Do we go to something that we can fabricate, we can make happen, we we can take charge of? Men? Type A people? Or do we instantly go to He who is able to go far more abundantly beyond what we could hope for? Now, brothers and sisters, this is not an excuse. Mary had to follow through and do things. Zechariah had to follow through and do things. You don't just sit there and, and with, your, with your barker lounger and your feet propped up and say, I hope for! Oh boy, do I have limitations. Pastor really hit it on the head today. So Jesus, let it flow. Folks, there's a part of why you put on your shoes. You put your shoes on to travel somewhere to make change happen. 
to change your circumstances. Just walk in shoes of hope. And when you do that, opportunities amass. So how did that happen for Zechariah? Well, let's look. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. And your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call him John. What is it that Zechariah did to create this opportunity? It's right there. It's right in front of your face. We're observing it at 5.30 tonight. I know you already forgot. He prayed. He prayed. Have you ever given up on a prayer? This isn't in the notes. I'm going to say it as fast as I can so we, we don't go too long. But sometimes we pray for the wrong things. Therefore, God's not going to hurt us by answering those wrong prayers. Amen? There's one. Two, sometimes the prayers are part of a journey that we have to go on to seek. And that deepens our faith. And he's with us the entire way, and he was listening the entire way. Was he not? So Zechariah has been praying for who knows how long for a child. Who knows how long? He's got this limitation, and he's saying over and over, how? How are we going to have a child? Mary is saying when she's visited, you're going to be with how? Right? Well, there's going to be this opportunity. Let me explain it to you. Zechariah, you were praying that we would give you a son. Now listen to me carefully. There are many who are not able to have children that have been praying desperately. And you may be sitting out there today and you're saying, this blows. I want to go to another church. You insensitive pastor. You don't know what God's going to do. And we know people that have been in that situation and they've carried a bitterness and they've turned from God because they read this story about Zechariah praying and they they prayed and my hope is gone in you, God. My hope is gone. We know others who are rejoicing who still don't have children. But they found their purpose They found their purpose. And they reached out to a child who needed someone. Someone that could care. Someone that could save them. And if we don't all identify with that, then we've lost track of the whole idea of adoption that's listed in Ephesians 1. We've lost track of our whole idea of a heavenly Father who comes and rescues us and pulls us back and redeems us and gives us hope when we had none. Amen? There's an understanding of that. I'm a beneficiary of that. I know all the details of what it means to go through those challenges and those difficulties on both ends of that illustration. I wanted wanted to take time to mention that because I want you to understand we don't just preach to preach here. We understand the struggles. and We know that they're real. That's why I wanted you to write down what that limitation is right now and what you're hoping for. Keep going down this path. But the opportunity came upon both Zechariah and upon Mary because they didn't lose hope. You do not know what's laying tomorrow for you. So keep putting on those shoes of hope. And so you see Mary... Let's go back one. Sorry, I I pulled on my ear too fast. So you see Mary's 
comment here. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Oh, the opportunity. Oh, the opportunity. And you see Mary's response in Mary's song. She wasn't beleaguered for it, was she? You know, that's the power of hope. Hope can carry us. Hope can keep us walking in the midst of dire circumstances. And Mary's song reflects this overwhelming joy because this opportunity was afforded to her. Let's look at this last scripture that I want to share with you. Luke or John 5:15-7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is a promise by He whose birth we celebrate this month. This is a promise. Now we already kind of went through, well, what, what happens, Pastor, when I keep praying and it doesn't happen? You see an illustration of this, right? With Zechariah, he had prayed for a long time. Eventually, in God's timing, he brought that about. Sometimes we pray for things that aren't part of God's overall beneficial plan for us. And we learn from that. But how many times have we prayed for something when we're abiding with Him, when we know we're led by the Spirit, and we start praying for things that we hope for, praying beyond limitation, and He answers it. And that establishes a hope that's rooted in opportunity. Amen. Let's go to purpose. You know, the interesting thing about opportunity is that for you, the singular moment of hope provides inspirational change. It provides inspirational change. That when you see answered prayer happen, when there's opportunity afforded, it provides you inspirational change. You cannot buy that. You cannot purchase that. That is experienced. And it's experienced when you practice hope. When you see beyond your limitations... And you pursue He who can give all things. When we have no answer for our sin and He provides one. And therefore, we are granted eternal life. Freedom from sin. It gives us hope every day. Because as we read last week out of Romans 8, He who sacrificed His own Son... How will He not give you all good things? That's what Scripture says. So think through it. Think through it. What are your inspirational change moments? And how did hope play into that? Hang on to those. Hang on to those. Well, the other thing that that does is as you are asking how, how does this happen? Because I understand my limitations, but I want to move in hope. Then I... See opportunity created because I pursue hope. I strap on those, those shoes of hope. I pursue in prayer. And I have this inspirational change. Now what proceeds from that? A lot of things could proceed from that, but we're going to focus on one thing, and that's purpose. You know, when you have your purpose, it gives intentionality to every single day. When you have purpose, you stop focusing on your limitations, Right? We're talking about this recently with somebody. I don't know what other fool that was out there that was having a conversation with me about exercise. But we both agreed that standing on a machine in a big room where there's a bunch of other machines and, uh, and you're standing there talking with someone, 
and, and they're doing the same thing. Oh, no, you're not talking to anybody. Everybody's got headphones in, so there's no conversation whatsoever. That is the most thrilling thing in life. And there's a reason gyms keep getting built and they don't ever go under. It's because we pay them because we have this hope. <laughs> we have this hope about our limitations. I, that's an oxymoron. This is not limited right here. This is not limited whatsoever. But we have this hope of what it should look like, and so we go, what, once, twice, three times, if we're, and then we just keep giving them our money. It is the greatest Ponzi scheme ever. Gyms, right? They don't even have to work off hope anymore. They know. They've got a great business model. But I was talking with somebody, and they said, you know what, yeah, I agree with you. Just standing in a gym and doing all that, I just, it's not motivating. Versus going out here and playing basketball, when you're in that competitive mode, I got nothing to compete with on a treadmill. I got this little dot, you know, telling me, okay, you got to go faster. Or you're going to climb a hill. Oh, now you can breathe easier. And it's like, who are you? You're a dot. You don't care about me. And I don't care about you. But I really enjoy competing against these guys on Wednesdays. And it gives me some great exercise. Right? Something different happens there. I find purpose. And all of a sudden, I am willing to run like I've never run before. I was watching the Warrior game last night. My favorite player, JaVale McGee. This guy is highlighted because of his really bad plays. How many of you ever heard of Shaq? Shaq, the, the basketball player. He actually has this thing on TNT called Shaqton the Fool. And what he does is he highlights the most bumble-headed plays of the week and he came up with this whole thing based off of this player JaVale McGee because he just does the most bonehead moves last night may have tipped the scales forever in JaVale's in JaVale's favor they scored the ball came down just kind of landed in JaVale's hands he turns around and he's going to inbound the ball for the other team I don't think you understand that's never been done in the history of NBA <laughs> He got so confused about what was going on. He got the ball because the ball's in his hand. He's like, oh, there's going to be an inbounds. So he turns around and he's going to throw the ball into the other team. And all of a sudden he realizes what's going on. And he's just kind of like, and he drops the ball. We, we didn't notice it because it wasn't on film, but the whole bench is dying laughing. They're covering their faces with towels. And I'm like, what just happened? And sure enough, the, the, the announcers weren't going to let this one go. You know, his purpose is to constantly entertain us with bonehead moves. He just loves creating these moments. And, and as he's walking down, as he's running back down, he hears everybody dying laughing. So he's just waving at everybody. He's just waving at everybody. Yep, I did it again. I did it again. You know, when you find purpose behind what you're doing, it gives you motivation. It gives you great motivation. And so this morning, let's look at that in context to what the Lord has in... I'm stalling because my computer went to... Uh, okay. Just give me a second. I'm so sorry. It's been one of those days with tech. And uh, we're not really sure why this is happening around here. But I have hope that it may never happen again. Hope always serves a purpose. 
Hope always serves a purpose. So let's look at what happened with Zechariah, right? Luke 1.17. He has this eternal provision and personal reward through this son that's granted to him, John. And he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. Wow. I just wanted a son. And you're telling me that my son's going to do this? We went out and visited my son yesterday at college. It's finals week. It's his birthday coming up. And, um, you know, it's, it's kind of exciting when you see your kids take those next steps. Right? When you see them take those next steps. When you see purpose start to settle into their life. And they start doing it on their own. You don't have to walk them through every little thing. Same thing with my daughter Jericho. You know, as, as her intentionality of serving others and, and uh, the other night she's doing a painting for somebody. She loves painting and sketching and drawing. And uh, she's got a, a good friend at Clayton Valley and his birthday's coming up and so she painted something for him. My daughter Gentry serving at Clayton Valley as the Grand Poobah. Yes, the Grand Poobah. The president of um, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And she's learned all about the pressures of ministry when you get called the night before and you're told that you're on to do the devotion again. You know? Finding purpose into life provides hope. You see, as Dylan's pursuing his degree or as he's helping others at his school, he's not focusing on his limitations. And suddenly he finds that he's doing things that he never saw himself doing. Suddenly he starts to see purpose in his life. What was it you, you, you told me my son said about social media? Yeah. Imagine that. 21-year-old saying, it's poison and I'm not participating anymore. Now you got a purpose, son. Now, we can say that. I don't know how many times. Right? Right? But you find your purpose. Hope leads you to your purpose. And when you start to get rooted in your purpose as a believer in Jesus Christ, it is limitless as to where God will take you, what God will do with you and through you. You may still have limitations. We will. We all will. But you stop living by those limitations and you live in hope because you put on those shoes of hope knowing that He who started a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. And you start understanding your purpose before God, the purpose that He has created in you, and we're getting to that at the end of this point. So with Mary, He says, He will be great and He will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to Him the throne of His father David. Boy, two, like, break-the-bell-curve sons. 
These cousins hit it out of the park. Good family genes, right? You know, the fascinating thing about our purpose, and I still haven't figured this out, I don't know if it's a day-in, day-out thing, or if there's one big culminating moment. Do you think this way? I was created for this, you've heard this, I was created for this moment. You know, if we live that way, I think we're always in pursuit, we're never able to slow down and celebrate. You know, our purpose is to come into a redemptive relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Our purpose, and let's go to this next slide, is to live in that power of the Holy Spirit and to abide in Him and to get in line, just like Zechariah did, just like Mary did, to get in line with what God has purposed for us. Then we live in hope. Then we are no longer shrouded in limitation. And this is the passage that, that has encouraged me in my walk and understanding my purpose for the better part of two decades. For we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for what? For good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Where is your hope? My hope is in my God. My hope is in Jesus Christ the author and perfecter of my faith, the one who can free me from sin, the one who gives me purpose, and according to this Scripture, has mapped out things for me to do before the creation of the world. And I don't think it's just one specific thing. I think every day I need to get up and strap on those shoes of hope, knowing that this day is going to involve some things that God has purposed that I would participate in for His glory. Amen? Amen. I have an external provision and personal reward through an understood purpose of my relationship with God. The last point today is exalt. Hope produces a smile. I really wish we could smile more. Right? We live in a society that you have to have a perfect smile. How many of us have had braces? Yeah. How many of us currently have braces? Okay. They're not admitting it. That's an easy... We can figure that one out. Okay. You're trying to be anonymous. We got, we got that one figured out. Uh, how many of you obsess over teeth? Like you really want white, white teeth. Unrealistically white teeth. I was sitting getting x-rays, and I've got to go back soon anyway, but I was sitting getting x-rays, and I'm looking at this picture across the hall of, you know, this model woman, and she has got such white teeth, you can't even tell if there's a, uh, a, a, any kind of texture to her teeth. It's like you went in with, with Kelly Moore paint, and just, you know, and I'm looking at the picture, and all of a sudden I notice it's not just the teeth, there's a whole other area of her that's not the same color. And I'm pointing it out to the x-ray tech, and I said, so you think that's been doctored a little bit? And she's all, oh, no, 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 we can really get your teeth that way. I said, compare that white with this other thing. And I said, look at that part of the picture. She goes, oh. <laughs> I said, you think we're buying what you're selling? An unrealistic understanding of perfect white teeth. Folks, I hate to tell you this, you're not going to care when they look at your skull in the middle of a soliloquy 
and your teeth are still there, they're not going to look that good. <laughs> Hope produces a smile. When you look at this verse by Zechariah, And his father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for He has visited and redeemed His people. And he goes on in this whole prophecy. He's exalting God. I don't think you can read this and not think that Zechariah is smiling. Right? We, We have trouble with this because I don't think we live in hope. The real hope that is afforded, I think we think so much about our limitations. It's a struggle for me every Sunday because we have all this tech and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And I'm sitting there and, and I'm thinking, okay, it's a, we got a lot packed in today. We got to go and Luke is standing back here and, and Carly's doing this thing up here. And I'm like, it's going to take 32 seconds for him to get from there to here. We need every second. And so she's finishing up the first song, Oh, Come Let Us Adore Him. And I'm like obsessing and I don't have a smile on my face. And I'm not thinking about Jesus. And she's like, then it goes to Holly and it's a reprieve because I'm a musician. I'm such an excellent musician. I know all things. And I'm like, that's the reprieve. Cue Luke. Luke, go. Just go. Go. And Luke walks up here and Carly's looking and she's going, what? We're not done. And I'm in the back, and I'm like, smiling. Uh, bad move, Jared. Just calm down. There's limitations all around us. Now, we're smiling now, right? Because God is never going to change. Keep exalting. Keep remembering what He has done. Let's look at Mary. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord. Oh, really? You're going to get stoned, probably. You're going to get killed, probably. You're not going to be able to have all the things. You're going to have to leave your entire community. You're going to have to be on on flight. The king is going to want to kill you and your kids. Oh, really? Your soul magnifies? Yes, it does. It magnifies the Lord. Stop looking at her limitations. Strapped on the shoes of hope. And she rejoiced. How do you do that? You understand that you have limitations. You start asking how. Second, that leads you into understanding the power of hope and that leads you to opportunities because you start pursuing. You start leaving the limitations behind and you start pursuing. And that, in effect, gives you purpose. And once you have purpose, it just starts flowing. It just starts flowing. When that purpose is is shrouded under God's designed for your life. All of that results in exaltation. In exaltation. This morning, the closing point is this. A soliloquy with a smile. Wear hope. Wear hope. My question in closing is, what kind of footwear do you strap on? And what kind of footwear you strap on determines where you plan on walking. To walk in faith, one must wear hope. This morning as we close, I'm going to pray for the offering. If you brought your gifts today, we thank you for your generosity. Please do not forget our our desire to serve those who are in need. 
So write things out. We've got some extra cards back there. We've got some extra pens. And as you bring your gift today, you can drop it in the, uh, in the box in the back. Um, thank you uh, for, again, worshiping God through the avenue of giving. Um, we love to see God's gospel go forth and change lives and provide hope. And that, in part, happens because of your faithfulness in this area. So let me ask that the Lord would bless you in that. And then Carly's going to come uh, send us off with a song. So Carly, if, if you and Holly and the band want to come on up, I'll close in prayer. To you be the glory, Father, and all hope. As we look to move beyond our limitations and to start walking in hope, to celebrate hope, Let us get our minds focused on that which provides hope, your Son, the gift of your Son. And think about the Scripture, Lord, where Paul reminds us that if God gave His Son and sacrificed His Son, how much more is He not willing to give us good things? And when we struggle, Father, with those things still sitting in that, that pile of limitations, let us not lose hope. But let us continue to pursue you and walk every day around those limitations. But that we would exalt you when we see those limitations conquered by answers to prayer. Father, your people needed a Savior and you provided that which was impossible. We praise you for that. Bless the gifts this morning. Use them for your glory. Bless the giver. In your name, amen.